This is Music on Repeat, a podcast where I talk to people about the songs that have impacted their taste in music. You can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, or online and on Instagram under the name musiconrepeat.io. I'm your host, Susie Q. Hello, guys. Welcome back. It is episode 21, and we are in 2021, so I am really excited to get this new year off right. And today I have a very special guest. His name is Miguel Histau. Did I say that right? Yes, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He is a Peruvian uh, guitarist, and he's releasing his new self-titled debut album, and so we're going to welcome you to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. Just came back from rehearsing with a trio I play with. Uh, we're recording tomorrow, so that's great. I'm really oh, wow. excited. Amazing. Yeah. So you're here in Barcelona. I see you wearing like a jacket. Is, it, <laughs> yeah, is your apartment cold. as cold as... Yeah, yeah <laughs> probably I should have my heater turned on, but no. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the Barcelona way. You kind of just freeze your way through yeah, the winter. Yeah, we ju we've just had like really cold days. Yeah, well, cold for us, I guess. But yeah. uh, <laughs> so you're a guitarist. You are from, are you from Lima or? Yeah, I was born in Lima. Okay. And so what brought you to Barcelona? Actually, I came to study. I came to study a master in Conservatorio del Liceo. It's a... Oh, okay. The music school. Yeah, the music school. I went. I came to study a master in, in jazz guitar in 1918. Twen sorry, 20, 2018. <laughs> 1918. <laughs> wow, you're, yeah. you look uh, really good for your age. <laughs> okay, a couple of years ago, I came to study the master and I just stayed here, found a job and started playing with musicians, teaching. And well, here we are. And here we are, and you're just releasing your first solo album, which is super exciting. Yes, yes, I recorded it like last August. It was during the, the summer. It's a really hard month in, to be in Barcelona. Yeah, So I much. just <laughs> took the time to turn my, my living room into a home studio and just play guitar and make demos and finally bring this, this album up. Well, amazing. Well, we're going to definitely talk about that in a little bit, but I think we should just get right into it yep. and get right into your first song. So let's do it. Okay, Miguel, so can you share with us what song that was? That was Peaches in Regalia by Frank Zappa. Okay, and tell us why this was one of your song choices. Well, actually, it was really difficult to think about a song or a couple of songs that inspired me to make music and love music. So I tried not to overthink it a lot and just write down the two, two songs that came to my mind. Actually... None of them is a song exactly, they are like instrumental pieces. 
Yeah, I mean, that's still a song, right? Yeah, it's a song. What I like about, I mean, I, I love Frank Zappa. And when I heard Frank Zappa when I was 17 or 18, it just blew my mind because I have never heard anything like that before. And I love the way he composes for different instruments. He, ha he has a lot of instruments. So you have a really interesting musical texture and the way he goes from one section of the music to the other one, he's really free. I mean, he doesn't need to be really coherent when he composes, no? He, ca he can go from one part to a another part that has nothing to do with the last one and play it with different instruments that you haven't heard before. So I really like that. It's like really fun to hear. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I was reading a bit about or reading up a bit on Frank Zappa. I had to do my homework <laughs> uh, because it's an artist I obviously heard before, but I, I never really got, got into, into him or, or read about him or knew anything about him. And when I was doing my research, I just read the craziest things and I <laughs> I didn't realize how, well, first of all, how prolific he was. He, I think he released 62 albums yeah. during his lifetime. And then after he passed away, he posthumously released 50 additional or his estate released 50 additional albums. So he has something like over 100 albums under his name. Yeah, you, is... and he's still releasing things. I think there is a documentary about Frank Zappa coming out this year. Or I think it came out last year, yeah. late last year. Mm -hmm. um, I'd be really interested to watch that because he's a crazy character. But yeah. one of the in interesting things was that he doesn't really claim a genre. I mean, he's done jazz and he's done, well, everything, basically. And I, then I was looking at your kind of history of all the different bands that you've played with. And I, I guess you, you're kind of similar in that way. That it seems like you've been in hard rock bands and you've done jazz things and you've done indie rock. So has he inspired you in that way to kind of not stick to one genre and just kind of go everywhere with your, yes. with your music? Yes. When I heard Sapa, Sapa's music, I felt that I could really relate to his music and his character because at the time I was studying classical guitar and I came from playing in rock bands, hearing B.B. King, Stevie Ray Bogan, blues guitar, but also classical guitar brought me to uh, Latin American music and Peruvian music and it was like classical music, jazz music. I was hearing Django Reinhardt and at the time I was studying classical guitar and I was playing drums with this psychedelic wow. rock band and I mean I felt like I was different characters at the same time I couldn't yeah I couldn't stick to, to one thing and there was a part of me that was saying to me all the time I mean you should do one thing and, and do it fine like focus yeah but like, but mean. but life itself was leading me to different directions at mm -hmm. the same time and i i just try to enjoy it no and not being so self-conscious no right and i think that's cool i think well i don't want to take this to the level of like society but mm -hmm. it's true that people always tell us that you should you know kind of focus on one thing and do one thing and but I, I feel like why not do as many things you know as uh -huh. you can because why would you limit yourself to yeah. a certain thing I mean that's obviously true for music but it's true for a lot of other things yeah. as well and talking specifically about uh, musical industry I think that talking about generous musical generous today is it's out of date yeah I mean musical generous established in a time where where record labels had to to sell records and if exactly. you are a music consumer I mean if you want to buy music it's, it's easier for you if you go to the rock and roll section on the record store or to the mm -hmm. jazz section or the classical music sections I mean this generous still exists and, and it's fine but you have a lot of music and, and composer and things like really mixed up I mean there's a lot of music that you hear and you don't know if it's 
jazz or rock and roll yeah. or blues or you don't know where the limits are yeah. so if you're going to make music today i think you have to you don't have to begin from the genre you have to yeah. make the music you feel that yeah, comes yeah. from you naturally and the categories and, and the labels have to come from the outside actually right Yeah, that's actually really interesting because mm -hmm. it's true whenever, you know, someone asks you, what what kind of music do you like? I, I don't really have an answer to that question because, well, A, I like all different types of music mm -hmm. and B, yeah, how do I even categorize some of the, the music that I listen to? I, I don't know, but um, that's a really interesting point that you brought up. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into guitar in the first place because you you're like a guitarist primarily. Yes, I'm, I'm a guitarist I am a, I, <laughs> I like composing and, and I have I have played like drums or bass for other bands I also play a little bit of piano but guitar is my main instrument and I got into guitar when I was nine years old my brother was playing he was like 12 my other brother used to play drums and they had a band with my cousin who lived next door so in my house I mean there was people playing music all the time my mother played the piano so we had a piano at home and first I, I fell in love with music with hearing music I, I mean I when I was eight years old I used to hear a lot of cassettes that my brother copied and I really loved them and I, uh, I ran into Queen Nirvana Pearl Jam, I don't know, ACDC. And then the, the guitar just like came naturally. I mean, I was playing like a whatever that could be similar to a guitar. And one day I realized, yeah, I have to learn how to play a real guitar. I mean, I, mean, yeah. I have to start playing this Air guitar this or hair, hairbrush, <laughs> broomstick yeah. guitar. So yeah, I went to my mom and I told her, yeah, mom, I want to learn to how to play the guitar. And he told me, yeah, okay, we're going to speak to your brother and He's going to teach you. And I had a couple of lessons from my brother. And then I started uh, studying with his teacher. And the rest is history. It's like uh, I, I started playing by ear a lot. I studied a, a little bit of uh, classical guitar, Latin American songs. Mm -hmm. uh, I was playing blues and rock by ear. And then I started studying professionally. And yeah. I went to classical guitar. And I finally ended up studying jazz guitar in a, a yeah. modern music school in Peru. And well, then I came here. Here and I'm still studying. Yeah. I'm still learning. Yeah. For a lot of people, guitar is, uh, you know, it starts as a hobby. And then for you, obviously, it's changed from a hobby into a career. So what kind of made you decide that this is actually what you want to do for a living? Because it was the, the one thing I liked doing. <laughs> I mean, it, I didn't have to think a lot about becoming a, a professional guitar player because it was the thing that I loved the most. And at the time, I was uh, maybe a little afraid of doing it. People mm -hmm. was telling me not to study music, but I finally decided to do it and I got really involved with it and I yeah. love it I still love it I had a time with, yeah. uh, where I didn't love it that much but then I fell in love again with the guitar yeah. so what what made you not love it what what was when I have to do something by like an obligation it stops being fun stops being fun exactly and I think that happened to me when I had been studying for a, a year or year mm -hmm. and a half and yeah I stopped liking it And it was, it took me like some years to really get involved again as, mm -hmm. as when I was a, a little kid, you know, mm -hmm. I think I, I found the spark again. And I think that happened to me a couple of years ago, actually. Oh, wow. So quite recent. It's difficult to explain, but. That's nice, though. I mean, I'm glad that you, that you like it again, because I listened to your latest <laughs> album and it's really great. So. You like that? Oh, thank you. Yes, I really do. Yeah. Um, so should we just go on to your next song? Okay. How about that? Okay. Great. 
All right, Miguel, that was a 30-second clip of an 11-minute song, <laughs> um, another instrumental uh, song. So can you... Actually, I think this is the oldest song we've ever had on the podcast. Not really. Uh, yeah. So um, tell us all what that was. It was the second movement from the piano concerto by Sergei Rachmaninoff. I don't know if yes. that's correct. Yeah, it's the second movement, man. It's an adagio, mm -hmm. and it's a slow, melancholic music. Uh, okay. <laughs> I heard it uh, uh, like a week ago. I went back to this music because I know mm -hmm. I, I know this music. Uh, I've been hearing it for a long time, and the mm -hmm. other day just came to my mind. I I listened to it, and it was great. It's one of the classical musical pieces that that I love the most. It's really strongly deep. It's like strongly deep music. And yeah. I, I think that um, it can make you cry easily. It's the kind of music that makes you cry, but at the same yeah. time, you feel happy about being alive. <laughs> yeah, I heard it when I was like 17 or 18. And I've always loved piano. Actually, when I mm -hmm. play it, I think I'm a frustrated piano player. Okay. And that's why I try to, to make guitar sound like a piano and play a lot of notes at the same time. Oh, wow. Because I'm trying okay. to find that feeling, that, that emotion that a piano can express. In, in this specific piece, the piano with the orchestra, I think is great. And the interpretation that you must have heard, it's, it's great too. It's uh, it's a monumental piece. Yeah, I mean this this genre. Let's say this. I guess this can be classical music. I don't know if we can put it anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, I think uh, we should say romantic music because it's from okay. the nineteenth century. So that's not exactly classical. It's not Mozart. It's yeah, it's more modern. But I mean, I, I don't know if we have a genre for this. I mean, you have the the Russian composers like mm -hmm. Mussorgsky, Tchaikovsky, and well, Rachmaninoff is one of the most important. But he's, I guess, he's a bit less known internationally. Let's say, mm, uh, yeah, compared to maybe. like Tchaikovsky, a name I've obviously heard before. Yeah, Tchaikovsky is the first uh, Russian composer yeah. you, you can hear about. But yeah. Rachmaninoff, I mean, if you know classical music, you must Which know. I definitely him. do not. Yeah, <laughs> so. well. You you should hear I know almost nothing about this um, this kind of music. I, I love his piano preludes. They're like really intense and stronger. They, they play like hard and fast. But this adagio, yeah. the music we heard, uh, it's the opposite actually. It's like really delicate, no? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Melancholic, slow. slow. Yeah. It's actually the, the opposite from uh, his other piano preludes or the rest of the piano concerto. If you yeah. listen to the first movement, it's actually the opposite. It's like really intense and fast and a lot of notes. So when, when you hear the adagio, you've, you have this sense of tranquility and... Well, it's interesting because I read about that as well. And apparently his first composition... It got really bad reviews and it actually put him into this really bad depression for four years. And he didn't write anything for four years. And then when he started feeling better, he wrote this, this work. And Ah, really? It, I didn't yeah, know that. It, yeah. And it got really, really good reviews. And that actually helped him feel better partially while well, he was already escaping this depression. But apparently he kind of dedicated it to the doctor that helped him get out of this depression. Ah, really? Uh, so it's kind of the fact that you're saying that it's very like slow and tranquil. Mm -hmm. It's quite interesting because maybe that's, I guess that was the place he was in his head, maybe after having overcome this trauma or whatever it was. And now he was maybe representing his mental state at the time, I guess, which was more relaxed and... 
Wow, I didn't know that story. And it's great. Now, I, yeah. I'm, <laughs> the next time I hear this concerto, I'm going to be like thinking about these things. And it, I, I love that about music because when you know yeah. that the story, you start, yeah. you understand the whole thing. It's not just sound, it's emotion. It's a, it's a story. I mean, good music is always a good story. It has a, exactly. a coherent, strong story that took the, the composer to, to write that music. And that's great because music becomes like a really, human statement no yeah and that's what yeah, i yeah. love about music and it makes a lot of sense that this music has that history and that's why it had a, that huge impact on me because yeah. it really i mean it blew my mind <laughs> well and i think it's also even more interesting when you think that it's it's only instruments you know and when we think of music nowadays we mostly think of like you know albums with lyrics that tell stories but i think the most powerful music is instrumental music that you can hear a story just through the music and not necessarily through the lyrics or through like a, a complete album well with an album as well though i think it's it's quite cool but um that kind of takes me to your album which obviously doesn't have any lyrics mm -hmm. uh, but it's just it's you playing guitar and it's amazing um but did you have a story behind this album that you created and i guess why now I don't think there's one story behind the album. I would say that the story behind the, the complete album is this pandemic thing and being locked yeah. down and being alone in my house and having the opportunity to really go into my music because since March or April that this whole thing started, I took me like a couple of weeks to really understand what was happening and really accepting that I was going to stay at home a lot of time, not going to work and not having gigs or whatever. And Were you alone during the lockdown? No. Oh, I have roommates. Oh, okay. but but I mean you can live with people but at the same time like <laughs> be alone and I think that all of, of us yeah, yeah. in my house just felt like being alone and and for me it was a great opportunity to really get into guitar and start studying a lot because I mean I play a lot at home and I, I'm always trying to write music and trying to study new things and with the lockdown it became a huge opportunity to do that all day and it was great I, I mean I wrote new music I discovered new things you know technical stuff whatever but the, the good thing was the new songs the new compositions mm -hmm. I, I made I mean my album has nine pieces and four of mm -hmm. them were created during lockdown the rest of them well one is an arrangement I did from a, another composition by, by a Thelonious Monk American mm -hmm. composer wow. but the rest of the songs are, are mine and some of them I wrote them years ago but Four of them, uh, I created them during lockdown and some of them have stories about lockdown. And yeah. I was saying that the whole album has this thing. Yeah, yeah. This really intimate thing, this thing about being with yourself and starting to see yourself deeply. So I has, I think that my album, it's a statement of that. It's a... Like a self-reflection almost. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and also I was like hearing, I heard this album by a German trombone player and it's an album, trombone solo album. You don't normally hear a trombone solo yeah. album, <laughs> yeah. but it was great. I heard it during lockdown and I said, wow, it's just this guy with one instrument mm -hmm. telling me all these stories. It's great. He doesn't need yeah. a full band. He doesn't need a drummer or a bass player. I mean... If a trombone can do that, I can do it with a guitar. I mean, with a guitar, you can play yeah. two things at the same time. You can compete yourself, no? Mm -hmm. And yeah, the whole album, it's about being alone and locked down and not being able to go out and play for people. But actually, what guided me through this was uh, the opportunity to make everybody listen to my record, no? 
other homes. I mean, I, I wasn't able to play for 10 people in, in a bar, but I could be able to record this and make everybody to hear it, you know, and my friends yeah. in Peru and uh, everybody. So yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's nice. The I mean, the beauty you can find in these situations where we were all locked down and it sucked, you know, for everyone, mm -hmm. but there's still things you you can do to find kind of beauty and peace in, in what was happening at the time. And I think making yourself productive in that way is, is also like amazing because even now we're kind of in this semi-lockdown state again where mm -hmm. at least we can go outside, but we can't really do much <laughs> else. But it, it's a good excuse to stay home and, and like create things and use this time, you know, productively. And I think you did that successfully at least, if nothing else. But I think... Uh, no, it's it's nice to find some sort of creative spark and some something in yeah. the situation. I'm 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 happy to think that I'm gonna have this album for the rest of my life and I'm going to hear it and I'm going to remember this time. Yeah. And it was like a really hard time for everybody and for me and the album is going to take me back to, to this time a little. And I'm not going to remember it as a bad time necessarily, but a time that gave me to the opportunity to, to bring this out, to yeah, express myself definitely. this way. And yeah, I'm happy for that. And I hope that someone can hear it and, and just feel the same thing. I hope so too. Well, I felt I felt good. I didn't know it was about lockdown, but <laughs> I enjoyed listening to it. Um, so what are your plans then for, well, for now, now that your albums, your first album's out, do you want, do you plan to make more? Do you want to make more? Are you just yeah, see? Yeah, the moment I, the moment I end mixing and mastering the first, this album, I, I was just thinking about the second album. I, yeah. I bought a, a new guitar like a couple of weeks after I uh, finished mm -hmm. recording the album and I said, oh, I wish I, I had this guitar before and I could make this album with this guitar. So I'm going to have to make another album with this new guitar. Yeah, and I'm thinking about the, the, the whole concept and I think it's going to be different. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, me playing interpretations of music that I love for, uh, that come from uh, classical music and mm -hmm. jazz music and Latin American music. Mostly uh, pieces that, that I, I've been playing for like the last, I don't know, 15 years, but I haven't recorded yet. Yeah, and it's going to be that. I mean, this album I just did is original songs, no? One cover song, one guitar arrangement that I did. But I think the new one is going to have like, none of it is going to be my, my music. Just okay. me interpreting, you know, music that, that I love from composers that I, I love a lot. Awesome. And you're still playing with uh, some bands? Or right now there's no concerts really or... Yeah, I'm going to have a concert like next Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah, with this... Uh... The, with a trio that we're going to record tomorrow. We have recording sessions uh, Monday and Tuesday and next Friday we're going to play in, in Barcelona here in uh, RAI, Asociación Cultural. Okay. <laughs> I hope that, that the, the concert doesn't get cancelled because, I mean, yeah. I've, I've had gigs that got cancelled. I got to have gigs and I really played a couple of months ago in, in August and September. We had gigs, yeah, it was amazing, it was fun. But yeah, my plans right now are recording this new album with the band um, I have mm -hmm. another project with a singer and we've been like working these months I mean we have not been able to to play live 
but we have been uh, really rehearsing and producing new repertoire, uh, making arrangements of music that we like, uh, working uh, in new compositions, original tunes. Yeah, so these moments have been really good for that, to, to make music, to focus on making music, and, and I hope that when this thing is over... Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon, we can yeah. uh, bring that to, to the people. Because I think people are wishing to to ready. We're ready. Yeah, to we are. Everybody hear like music. really, Desperate they really want to it. hear music <laughs> live. I mean, it's like me yeah. medicine. They need their medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Would you say you prefer live gigs, or do you like to be in the studio? Well, I, I like it's both. Too different. I like them. Well, uh, playing live is great because you you get this energy from people, no? And and yeah. it's really fun and it's really intense at the studio you have to be like really focused on doing the correct thing and you're just by yourself playing to a computer or a microphone or whatever so it's not really that fun but when you have the music recorded and you hear it it's like really it's it's great i mean you feel happy because you recorded that and you're gonna have it for the rest of your yeah. life but i think nothing compares to the the life the life yeah. geek and the feeling playing for someone and receiving back their their energy i mean that's yeah. great I, I i've done some online gigs this month and oh cool it was cool to do it but it's yeah it's weird i mean you're playing yeah. for a machine it's, you don't yeah. get anything it's not the same yeah. i mean music is a social art i think that and yeah you, you need audience you need audience and the audience needs mm -hmm. you yeah <laughs> it's a mutual relationship yeah mutually beneficial great. relationship yeah, it's an amazing relationship it's great <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, I think we're just about out of time. Okay. But uh I want to play us out with one of your with one of your tracks. Is there one that you feel the most proud of, would you say? Oh, proud of. Uh, I think the last one, but it's a little bit long, no? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You tell me. Yeah, the last one. I like the last one. It's called okay, El Mundo called? El Mundo Como Voluntad, Take Two. Okay, cool. And if you guys want to check out Miguel Gistao, you can on Bandcamp. You got to yeah. support local artists. Yeah, support local Camp. artists, please. <laughs> uh, and on Spotify, which you said you've just been added Yeah, it, it's out since yesterday. <laughs> so perfect. Um, and I'll obviously link to all his stuff in the details of the podcast. Um, so make sure to check it out. And thank you again, Miguel, no, for thank you. taking the time to speak to me. No, thank you for um, having me here. It's great. And uh, I'll see you guys next time on the next episode of Music on Repeat. Ciao. Ciao.
Thank you.